Hey, what's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. This is Two Catholic Dudes, and my name is Ryan Klaus. And my name is Danny Cleary. And as always, we're not priests, we're not theologians, we're just two Catholic dudes, and we're talking about our faith. Uh, And today on the show, we are talking about our favorite saints, and uh, we also got some fun facts about saints and some, some cool things you may not know, but we thought because yesterday... If you're listening to this, yesterday was All Saints Day. Today, actually, when we're recording this, is actually Halloween. Uh, we are skipping the Halloween-themed episode this year and focusing more on the saints of our church and uh, things like that. So, Remember last year? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do. Last year, if you guys were with us during the podcast... Uh, that was still the very beginning stages of the podcast. We dressed up. We're like, you know, we, we got to do a Halloween extravaganza. We both dressed up like Luigi from Super Mario Brothers, and it was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was something. <laughs> and uh, but I think both of us on our least favorite episodes this year, we both wrote that one. Yeah, you know, those those are one of those like one off jokes that you do, but then you realize like you got to sit with the joke for a full hour, so it was a little uncomfortable. You didn't like yeah. the mustache that was going in your mouth, but uh, well, uh, yeah, the the topic was interesting too. You, we we talked about like horror movies going to uh, scary themed uh, like Universal Studios horror nights and stuff like that, and what right. was the Catholic theology behind it? Was it okay? Was it not okay? Turns out it doesn't matter this year because you can't go to Halloween Horror Night. So <laughs> Halloween is officially don't worry uh, about canceled it. pretty much. Yeah, everyone's doing like slingshots for the candy. Have you seen those those dumb little videos? Well, I saw a lot of them that were like like people that had like tubes, and you like put the candy in a tube, and then you sent it down yeah. to the kid. And my thought was like, if you're worried about like touching stuff, don't you still touch it and put it in the tube? What's the difference between touching it and putting it in a bag? Yeah, that's that's my whole thing with this. Is like I, I don't. I, it we, seems we a little follow, over the top. Yeah, you know, we follow the rules for like eighty percent of it, but then the twenty percent that we don't follow the rules is like the worst twenty percent. So I don't know right. anymore. You know, I, I I'm just here making a podcast with my friend, and uh, <laughs> everybody else is just slinging candy out of uh, out of slingshots. So regardless, if you're listening to this, we hope you had a safe and fun and happy Halloween. We also hope you had a blessed All Saints Day. Kind of cool that All Saints Day also falls on a Sunday uh, for Mass. So maybe more people are are attending Mass and celebrating that holy day because it's a Sunday. So we can we can pray for that. I'll actually be how I'm spending my Halloween this evening is I'll be at Mass doing the live stream. So that's what yeah, I'll be same doing. same. It's 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 little different this year yeah it doesn't feel like halloween for me one you know we're not going out to halloween parties or anything like that actually i can't remember the last time i went to like a straight up halloween party but uh yeah there's mass tonight you know i'm getting ready right after we're podcasting this is saturday afternoon and uh, as soon as we're done wrapped up here i gotta head over to church and get ready for the the mass this evening the live stream Uh, we're training new people on our tech team to do are you really yeah yeah yeah. i'm training new people tonight too dude look at us that's wild I'm yeah. already here. I'm already at the church. I just have to walk out to the parking lot to get started later. Nice. 
Yeah, that, so. so that's, I mean, that's where we're at right now. And I'm sure a lot of churches are in the same boat, training new new volunteers. Everyone started probably a new ministry. We're calling it like, I guess we're just calling it a tech ministry, kind of like AV, whatever. But yeah, it's live stream. I'm actually training somebody to be in the front of the house today. So I have about four ministers that have been coming regularly, but we only need really two in the back to run the live stream. So I have three coming tonight and I'm going to train one of them to go out in the front of the house and work on... Uh, live mixing for the, the the like what will be the choir mixer even though it's right. only me tonight but at least understanding it but then sure. we're going to try one additional thing because our lights are are digital in our church and so I'm not going to go overboard uh, because I, I don't believe that we should be like pandering to emotions or draw or, or over the top with it but as the mass begins I'm going to have them lower the uh, sanctuary or lower the the nave lights just a little bit to draw more attention to the altar um, and really nuanced but just to kind of get them um get them used to that kind of stuff so that's what we're working on tonight i i think it's important because i i think that's really actually great uh because i wish that like we could do more stuff like that for the the bigger liturgies if we could make them like a bigger deal um i think we've learned from this whole covid thing that production and adding things to make the mass more accessible to people and more inviting to people is very very important and uh I think that maybe if we can implement some of that stuff as we go back, that might be uh, really a beautiful thing and something that might be beneficial to our parishes and to people's experience at the liturgy. So that's super cool that you're doing that, I think. Thanks, man. Yeah. And like I said, it's like, and we're like you said, now is the time, right? And I feel like people are really receptive to these kind of changes. Uh, often things move pretty slowly in our Catholic church, which for the right, often for the right reasons, but sometimes you know, we were like, come on, can we just move it a little bit quicker? But right now we're kind of just, it's a great opportunity to do that. But, uh, my, my pastor, he keeps reminding me when I tell him about these delights that I want to do. He's like, I went to a church one time and it was like fully automated. And he's like, when I elevated the host, everything in the church went like, and there was like a, a spotlight that came up from the altar onto the host. And he's like, it was pretty obnoxious like yeah so, see, like that i think that takes it to the extreme uh but th- there's certain levels of 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 things you could do right um, exactly so you don't want to pander you don't want to be over the top the lights shouldn't draw attention to themselves but i feel like we right. can do a little bit better job if we have the technology available to direct our attention to the altar to the place of importance right right all right let's jump into the topic we're talking about all saints day uh we figured that we would uh, kind of just dive in and talk about some of our favorite saints. And yeah. I, I have a few fun topics on All Saints Day in general. And I'm going to be fully honest. I was a little nervous about this topic because I don't really know that much about saints. I don't have a good uh, prayer life with the saints. Uh, I just don't know that much about them. And But I, I didn't want that to be a deterrent to do this episode. So I just did a whole bunch of homework. And honestly, what I'm going to be sharing with you is a lot of what I learned. Uh, well, I mean, okay, I've known a lot of it, but it's solidified it last night doing a lot of research. And this is, this is what the benefits of being a teacher are. And I learned this when I was teaching guitar. I had to like doubly, doubly learn all of the concepts that I wanted to teach so that I understood it to the full extent so that I could properly explain it to that student. And what that did was it helped me internalize whatever topic, whatever concept that I was teaching. So yeah, I, I looked up a lot of this stuff the night before, full disclosure, but 
knowing that I have to do a podcast on it helped me fully uh, really understand what I was going to be talking about. Totally. Yeah, no, I actually, uh, I'm going to share it when we get to it, but I learned something that kind of completely changed my perspective on one of my favorite saints on actually my confirmation saint. Um, and I'll share it in a little bit when we, when we get into that. Cool. Okay. So let me, let me just do a, f a quick blurb before we jump into, we each pick three saints that we want to briefly talk about. Uh, but I just kind of looked up why patron saints in general, right? Why do we, sure. why do we have patron saints in our Catholic church? Um, and this is uh, like straight from wiki, right? Surprise, surprise. But, uh, the practice comes back, uh, when they were first building churches in the Roman empire, uh, and they built them over the graves of martyrs. Uh, the great, the churches were given the names of that martyr that they were, that they were built on top of, uh, and that martyr was expected to act as an intercessor for the Christians who worshiped at that church. So, uh, they, they called them the patron saint of that church. And that's why for the most part, our churches are still named after saints to this day. Actually, our home parish is one of the few exceptions, uh, Holy yeah. Cross. I mean, there's, that's not where really, not the only Holy Cross church, but, uh, one of the few churches that aren't just named after a saint, right? Totally. Um, so uh, patron saints are just, they're not only advocates for the churches, though. They, they kind of took on roles of being protectors and prayers, uh, prayer warriors for nations, professions, uh, what they, they say, classes, clans, occupations, families, or even a specific person. Uh, and we recognize them not only in Roman Catholicism, but Eastern Catholicism, Eastern Orthodoxy, Lutherism, and Anglican, Anglicanism. Uh, and they are usually chosen why they're patron saint of whatever because they have a connection to uh, that particular aspect in their life, right? And then so we can kind of take on those, those um, whatever it was in their life that was inspiring to us and help them pray for that in our life, right? So that's kind of just a little blurb about why we have patron saints, why we... Um, Think of it like a specialty person on your team of prayer, on your prayer team. Like if you have, you go. I, 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 this is how it was explained to me once is like, I have a, if I have a football team, there's one person who's very good at catching. There's one person who's very good at blocking. Like those are the people I'm going to lean on for those jobs. But in my prayer life, if there's specific things I need to pray for, I need help praying with, there's nine times out of 10, a saint that. It can, you can tag into your prayer life to do that and to ask for their intercession and to pray for you and, and things like that. So that's always how I looked at it is like us as Catholics in our prayer life, we don't have, we aren't alone in that. We have this incredible arsenal of prayer warriors or prayer support in these people that have already made it to heaven that are with God, that are great examples of living out faith. These people that will pray for us and we just have to call in and ask for their support and their prayer. So it's a really cool thing that us as Catholics have. Now, I, I want to talk about before we get one more thing, one more thing before we get into the saints that we, that we chose is uh, people's arguments against why we should be praying to the saints. People that aren't of those faiths that I, that I listed are Roman Catholicism or those other ones that I listed. Uh, and they say, well, why can't you just only pray to God? Right. Um, and go ahead. Well, my argument always to that is I'm not praying to the saints. I'm asking them to pray for me. Right. But they go, well, isn't, isn't God just, isn't God hearing your prayer? Isn't that enough? Well, my argument to that would be if you ask me to pray for you, uh, 
are you, do you worship me? If right. like you, Ryan, are going through something and you say, dude, you know, I'd love if could you please keep me in your prayers tonight? And I go, no, only you only God. You can't ask me to do that. That doesn't make sense. It's the same thing for me. That's why I look at it. It's the same thing. I'm asking these saints, these holy people that are with God, that are closer to God than I am right now. There you go. There you go. That that would say, Hey, can you please keep me in your prayers tonight? And, and my hopes is that they have a better connection to the Father that uh, because of they're in heaven with the Father, that they can keep me in their prayers and, and hopefully they, they, you know, and strengthen that, uh, that prayer. So yeah. that, that's my argument to that is I think that it's, I think it's always really foolish and silly when people are like, oh, you worship the saints. Like that's absolutely untrue. Right. Yeah, they can help. They can help be an advocate for our prayers, but they they can word it, phrase it probably much better than we can because they are on a higher pitch than we are. They're on a higher sure. level. They're already with God in heaven, right? And it's, it's like I don't know if, if like a toddler wants to ask the, the their father a question. You know, maybe um, maybe their older brother or older sister can understand them where they're coming from and they can go, you know what? I'm going to ask dad for you. Uh, cause that's I, a great, I, I can, a great ex- analogy. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit closer to, to where he's at on a maturity level and I can, and I can, you know, better articulate what the question that you have to ask. I can kind of relay that on, you know, he'll hear you for sure. Uh, and, and, but it couldn't hurt to why, why couldn't both of us kind of help, uh, bring that question to the father. I think that's, yeah, that's great. And I think that the same thing goes with like, we, we talk about uh, how there's a lot of statues of saints and people get all bent out of shape about that. And my point is you build statues with people you want to honor, with people that have done great things. There's statues all over the world of sports icons, of uh, historical figures. I mean, like every movie you ever watch, the superhero gets a, a statue rocky had a statue in philly like so why can't the saints these great people that we want to honor that we want to emulate in our life why couldn't we have statues of them to to uh kind of put up in their honor of like this is the a, a holy person that i want to emulate in my life this person was so close to god and i want to be as close to god as they were and i'm going to honor them by putting this image of them that I can look to for guidance that I can look to as a great example and pay homage to, to their great life. Uh, it's not, I'm not sitting there bowing down to it or kissing the feet of these statues. They're not my God. They are simply a, 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 a visual way for me to emulate and to pray, uh, and, and ask for their intercession. So that's another thing that always baffles me, that argument. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, the statues are there just to aid us, just like anything else. You know, we don't have to be in front of them to help uh, pray pray uh, to them for intercessionary prayer, but they're there to help us. But now we're ripping them down. If you guys missed that episode, that was a couple episodes. That was last episode on our political divide and everything. Or I'm losing track. So go back and check out- That was it. That was the last episode. Go back and check out all our past episodes on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. podcast and comment in what you guys think about that um okay let's anyway, get so let's let's get into it right now you want to start you want me to start we each got three uh, saints we each have three i'll go first sure and i was gonna i i already kind of teased at it so uh, the, one of the saints i picked was um saint anthony of padu uh padua right what i don't remember how to say it padua that's my church padua. that's your church thanks man um anyway he's my confirmation saint 
And I picked him originally because I have a bad habit of misplacing things or like leaving things behind. Um, and I had an instance in my childhood where I lost my wallet like all day. I lost my wallet and it was like the first time I had ever gotten a wallet. It was like Velcro and, uh, like I had dropped it when I was riding my bike down the street and one, like I had driven or ridden up and down the street so many times looking for this wallet. And then my mom was like, you got to pray to St. Anthony. And I, so I prayed to St. Anthony and I'll never forget when I was riding one day, I had a sticker on the back of the wallet and the way that the street light hit the sticker, it like glimmered out and caught my attention and I found my wallet and I'll never, ever forget that instance and i was like okay all right i swear by it saint anthony help me find this wallet um but so that's why i picked him and i didn't do a whole lot of research and i didn't i just was like that was an instance in my life where a saint interceded i felt and helped me well when so, you're 13 years old you'd often don't do a lot of research you just kind of go with your gut it, and, and it, like exactly the cool, the cool factor or whatever you know you had a you had a, a moment there so you pick you went ahead and picked him that's great but so now so here's where the story takes a twist because i was doing my research for this episode and i realized that god works so beautifully in in life without us ever realizing it because i always said like if i could redo my confirmation i'd pick a different saint um, and then I did some research today about St. Anthony and, you know, found out, you know, he's whatever, born in Portugal and everything else. But the really, the, the coolest part about St. Anthony is he was very well known for his teaching and his speaking. And when they found his body years after his death, every part of his body was, was a wreck, right? Cause you, you, we hear about the stories of these great saints and their body is, uh, preserved, right? The incorruptible. But the yeah. only part of St. Anthony that was preserved uh, was his tongue because of his speaking and his teaching. And now I look at my life and my passion of speaking and teaching on the faith and that St. Anthony is like the perfect saint to ask for prayer for and to, to seek guidance from because that was what he was known for. That was what was preserved was the tongue that gave so many amazing homilies and teachings and like, I didn't even know that until I, I took them. So like God put in my heart what he had planned for my life and what I, the name that I picked before I even realized it. Wow. So yeah, it, it, it kind of, it freaked me out today when I was on Google and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. That's impossible. That's really cool. Yeah. Cause like I said, you kind of just went with your, your 13 year old gut, your instinct, because you had like that cool moment. It didn't really exactly. mean much to you, but God had that plan. It meant a lot to God and he knew what he knew what was going to happen in your life yeah Oof. so so That's pretty cool. amazing so i saint anthony i now i will never say again i'm glad i picked saint anthony i'm so proud of that name being my confirmation name um so yeah that's that was my number one draft pick now do you know why do you know why we pray to him for lost things because every there's usually something that they did in their life or something that happened why we end up choosing them as the patron saint of that thing or that person or that place or for instance for him why we chose lost things you know, I, I i heard it when i was when i was reading the thing he like uh it was like did he like got lost off track or something you 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 know you know the history it's your church you tell i me. don't i don't actually no i was i, I hold on i'm gonna look it up while you right. do your all right one. so I'll, I'll tell you my first saint that i chose while you're looking that up so i chose saint cecilia 
uh, surprise because she is the patron saint of musicians. But I didn't really know much about her. I just knew that she was the patron saint of musicians. But like, why? You know? So she uh, she lived a long time ago in Rome. I don't even know if it said when, but like if it was in Rome, it was a long time ago. She was beatified in the fourth century, we're pretty sure. Um, and she is the first of all the incorrupt saints, the saints that we were talking about a bit ago. So the saints that uh, we, we, you know, when we dig them up years later to move them to a different church or whatever, we find that their body or a good a part of them is still intact. So she was the first one of those. Looks like you're ready to tell us about St. Anthony, though. Um, anyway, so yeah, I could have guessed Cecilia for you. It's also one of the most picked saints for confirmation teens. Right. FYI. Yeah, because um, music resonates so much, but probably they're like Saint Cecilia. It's musician, so I'm just gonna go with that. Do you want to quick interject and tell us about? So the Saint quick Anthony? interjection, I I can't believe I forgot because it's so rad. As soon as I read it, I was I, I remembered. So Saint Anthony had this journal, right? And it was his book of his psalms and his and his notes and his homilies and all these things. And one of the other friars stole the book and took off. And so he prayed to God that that it get returned. And the the guy that stole it ended up coming back to the order, giving him his book back and returning to the priesthood. Wow. Yeah. So that's why he's the patron saint of lost items, because he prayed to God and said, God, help me. I need my book. That's really cool. And, and as somebody, again, that like all my talks, all my notes are in my you've seen it. I bring it everywhere we go. Yeah. My little journal. If I was to lose that book. Game over. over. <laughs> Game over. I'd never I have nothing to say. Wow. Um but yeah, so that was so super cool. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay, so going back to Saint Cecilia, first of all the incorrupt saints, which is pretty dope in itself. But uh why she's this patron saint of musicians, when uh she heard a song in her heart from God. And I don't think that's probably it's probably not like when uh you got a song on repeat in your head and you can't get it out of your head. I'm, I'm imagining it's something different. She was literally, her heart was bursting with song and she felt like God was singing to her. So it, the song was, was telling her to take a vow of virginity and chastity, but she was getting married to this guy. And I, the story was a little vague, but uh, on their wedding night, she said, I saw, I'm sorry, I took a vow of virginity and an angel like told me an angel told me this in song so i need you to go take a pilgrimage and when you come back you'll see your eyes will be opened or something like that and so the guy, the guy was probably like are you kidding me but <laughs> <laughs> he uh he went and took this pilgrimage and he came back and when he returned he saw his wife sitting there with an angel next to her and from that moment like her 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 new husband and her husband's brother went out and they evangelized they converted like 400 people to the faith they dedicated their lives to burying the martyrs of the of their city um but the the crazy thing um she was arrested eventually for her christianity because she was living in a difficult time back then uh where most people were getting martyred for their faith so she was arrested and she was sent into a, a room to, to be suffocated like they would they would uh, engulf it in flames around it so that they would be suffocated and uh. she she didn't even break a sweat after like I don't I don't know how long and so they they got frustrated and they like they said go in there and just cut off her head and they tried like three times and they couldn't cut off her head and so they ended up just leaving there like leaving her there like bloodied and she 
she survived for like three days and she was preaching as people would pass by uh, until she finally died. Uh, what a baller. I know. And like there was a, her incorrupt body has mysterious flower like odor coming up from the coffin. Uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. But there's, so there's not, it's not like she was a musician. It's not like it was just because of that, that deep godly song that was in her heart is why she right. was chosen as the patron saint of music. So awesome. Uh, you know, pretty, pretty wild stuff. As yeah, you hear so many of those, like there's another one, like St. Sebastian was like tied to a tree and like the, like a firing squad and he like survived. Yeah. He had like arrows coming out of him and he was like, I'm good. <laughs> All good over here. Uh, anyway. Uh, so I'll, my second draft pick, I feel like we're doing a draft of saints. Um, sure. Uh, didn't the Catholic talk show do that? They did. They did like a fantasy draft. Yeah. For uh, it wasn't saints. They did. They did like all. They everybody picked like a pope. Everyone picked a bishop. Uh, okay. Everyone picked and yeah, gotcha. it was it was fun. Um, so I picked Saint Michael the Archangel. Okay. Uh, pretty popular, but I picked him because he's he was uh he's an angel, right? So a lot of the times saints are people that lived on earth, and then they lived a great life, and then they were canonized as saints. And Saint Michael isn't that. He's just the angel of God. He's been. Uh, he's been in heaven and he's the leader of God's army and he's in charge of uh, getting people to heaven and he's in charge of fighting off the demons, fighting off Satan. And he's uh, side, side note really quick. My roommate yeah. brought in a picture and he hung it on the wall here in our common room. And it's a picture of St. Michael, like literally like stabbing at like this swarm of demons i i believe it's like the seven-headed uh serpent from yeah uh from from uh what's the book um yeah but uh and then there's like it's a really intricate painting but he's he's kind of at the forefront and mary's there holding jesus and god's up above and there's like angels and it's like one side is like hell kind of trying to attack and the other side is heaven and and saint michael is at the you know at the helm just like stabbing at them and it it, it looks pretty dope yeah so like saint michael is like he's like the leader and he has like his battalion of angels that fight off the 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 demons and in revelation we hear of michael and his angels that fought the dragon and they fought the demons and they fought the beasts. And then uh, the other cool thing I, is in the uh, book of Jude in scripture, uh, St. Michael guards the tomb of saints and he had to fight off Satan from the tomb of Moses. And uh, like, just, just like this, like rad stuff, like the Bible, like I think a lot of the times uh, you look for, the Bible is full of these holy people and stuff, but St. Michael is just this like, you know, awesome, rad guy that would just protect and defend and, you know, was, was kind of the sword uh, that, that protects heaven and protects the people of God. It's so I was just like inspired by that. Uh, he's also the, the patron saint of like police officers and protection and things like that. And right now in the world, uh, the St. Michael, the Archangel prayer has been a lot of, what people have been using as their prayer during this really difficult time in the world. Um, do you guys say it at the end of, do you guys say it at the end of uh weekend mass at Sunday mass? Uh, we did uh, earlier. I don't think we've done it in a while. We, uh, and it was, it's being said at daily mass. I know. I think they, they've always said it at daily mass, but we started doing it. I'm not sure if it was a diocese order or not, but we've been doing it since uh, coronavirus at the end of mass. We say it all together. Yeah. So, 
Yep, St. Michael the Archangel for me. Boom. Nice. All right, my second pick is St. Padre Pio because, again, I I haven't done a lot of research on these saints, but he's kind of like one of the number one most widely known, most famous saints that everybody talks about, everybody uh, prays to, everybody prays for his intercession, and he's just like – yeah, super, super widely known. So I just did a little research on him. So little known fact, his name isn't Pio. That was a name he took on when he um, when he joined his his uh, his order. He was a friar, but uh, his name was Francesco Forgioni, and he took the name Pio after Pope Pius the first. So. Right. Uh, Padre Pio was like a sickly dude from age 17. He was so sick. He could only digest milk and cheese. Milk. Good thing he wasn't lactose intolerant. Right. Can you imagine? So, imagine. or maybe he was, and maybe just all the friars suffered. <laughs> they suffered. They took on his suffering because that of was his their lactose. cross to bear. That's right. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, multiple times he was seen levitating when he was deep in prayer. Like what? Um, this was a mystical, mystical dude. And let's see. So on, this is the big thing that, that I'm sure most people know, but on September 20th, I believe it was 1916, while he was giving confession, he felt the wounds of Christ appear on his hands and his feet. Yeah. And that's called stigmata. I don't know if we have enough to do a full episode on stigmata, but it's a pretty crazy phenomenon. It's when you actually have like the wounds of Christ, whether they're on your hands or feet or both or your side or something like that. So, it, I mean, it was super painful. It's as if he wasn't already in enough pain and suffering. Now he has these wounds on his um, on his wrists and his feet, and they would, like, constantly bleed. And they smelled like roses, much like St. Cecilia's uh, incorrupt body, but they never were, they never grew infected. But they always were painful, and they were always bleeding. Like, can you imagine, like, what a cross just, to bear uh yeah, you're just always like in pain and bleeding, but you don't die. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, doctors couldn't explain it. Vatican finally legitimized it. So for a while, they uh, they banned him from preaching. He was a great preacher. They banned him from doing any kind of public ministry because, like, he he started getting widely known, like internationally renowned, and people came to flock to visit him. Um, and they weren't sure what was going on, if he was a fake or not. And so they finally wow. legitimized him and they're like, all right, you can go out and do your thing again. And, but I mean, he was sick for the rest of his life. He was like always sick. He had all kinds of illnesses. He had cancer, which miraculously healed only after two treatments, it said. Uh, he had like, like super bad arthritis. Like he was just always in pain. And then on top of that had the stigmata, but he was just like super, super pious, super like a gentle, uh, charity. And, and then like his, he was known for his preaching. So, um, yeah, a really great figure to, to emulate if we're, if we're talking about like that pious nature and, and living that charitable life in and like humble and giving your pain up to God, you know, like even through everything you're dealing with, just like taking on that cross, bearing that cross. Right. Well, yeah, exactly what you're saying, because I think there are so many uh, occasions of our saints and we, we, we hear that, that they would suffer or they lived in just not ideal circumstances, but they still, their faith was unwavering. Their reliance and trust in the Lord was unwavering. And I think that's something that all of us can take an example of, because I think that we, when we struggle, when we suffer, it's, it's easy to just be like, God, why is this happening? But these saints, they, 
they embraced this moment and, and did not let it shake their faith in the Lord. And I think that's really, really powerful stuff. Right. And that's all the more reason why we should we should do more research. And I'm telling myself that, honestly, like this is me right. just like podcasting to myself. It's like take the time to, to read about saints that you've heard of that you might not know about, because once you get to know them, then you then you're able to pray to them like you know i can't pray to padre pio if i don't know anything about him so i can right. now say like uh padre pio i pray for I, I i pray for your intercession so that i could have a little bit of that pious quality or that charity or that that preaching that you had or that 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 humbleness to live within your pain and your suffering right but i wouldn't know that until i did the research well well exactly and what what to this point of like for instance I, when I look to, uh, in my own life, a professional wrestler as someone that I want to look up to, right. Or I want to emulate, I look at their accolades. What have they done? What have they, you know, what are the, the big things that they've accomplished? Or like, if you're a basketball player, you're going to look at like Kobe Bryant or LeBron James or Michael Jordan. What have they done? Why do you emulate them? Because of what they have done. So us as Catholics, if we want to be great Catholics, we should look to these saints that were like the living embodiment of what a good Catholic is and look at all the accolades that they have, the things that they've lived through, the things that they've done, the things that they've been a part of and do that research to then I know who you want to ask for the intercession of and, and identify with and, and uh, want to emulate in your life. You know, it's the same thing. Dude, that's a great point. And that just brought up uh, another thought in my mind before we move on to your, your third one. Uh, and I say, I've said this in different ways in multiple episodes, but like, the example is if I want to be a great guitarist, I could just study notes on the page, but the way to really find my voice and find who I want to be as a musician and a guitarist is to study all of my heroes, all of my great guitar, guitar heroes, whether that's like a heavy metal guitarist one day and then a blues guitarist and then a classical guitarist. But I combine all of what I've learned from all of those different sources and I put that together and, and somehow my own voice speaks out. So I think we can do the same with the saints in our lives. You know, we can take on the, we can take on the piety of Padre Pio. We can take on the, um, the preaching of St. Anthony. Like you said, we can take on the, the, whatever, you know, you get what I'm saying, right? So all these of, saints, we put all those are the things together. that you try to emulate. You try to take their example and then create it for your create your own way of doing it create your own way of of living that out you know exactly um, so, exactly yeah totally understand i love that cool all right uh let's hit, hit us with your third one so my third one is pretty basic pretty uh predictable but i feel like we had to talk about it i i he's a hero of mine and that is saint paul uh, the apostle because saint paul everybody knows saint paul He's the author of so much of the New Testament, all the letters. Uh, most people who have a favorite Bible verse, nine times out of 10, St. Paul wrote it. Uh, they say that there's so many letters that Paul wrote that haven't even been found or weren't even, they were lost before the Bible was even compiled together. So who knows all the good juicy stuff we've missed out on from the St. Saint, Saint Paul. Um, but St. Paul, the, the, the real reason I, he's a hero of mine is because of his story and and we 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 know that saint paul was a pharisee he he persecuted the early followers of christ the christians he he was saul before he became paul and he had this incredible con uh conversion where jesus came to him blinded him and made him go to a follower of christ 
to regain his sight. And not only did he regain his physical sight, but he regained the sight of knowing the truth of God. Uh, on the road, on his road to Damascus, he learned the truth. His his eyes were not just open physically, but spiritually. And Paul is the is the prime example of a lot of us in our life will have these moments, right? You go on a retreat or a conference, or you have a great experience in prayer where you come to life, where you're like, okay, I see God like never before. I feel the Lord like never before, and then it kind of fades away. And it kind of fades away with St. Paul. He had this moment where God spoke to him, where God was like, here's what you are made for. And Paul ran with it his whole life and changed the way that we look at our faith. He changed the way people worship. He changed the way that people see the Lord. He, he gave us so much of how us as Christians, Catholics are called to live all because he not not by choice, but because God intervened and said, this is what I need you to do. Um, that was a very long tangent, but that is why I love St. Paul. No, that's great. And you're alluding to a point I'm going to make in just a little bit after I tell you my third saint. I'll save it for that. But obviously, St. Paul is someone we can all emulate and a yeah. great, uh, obviously, a, an immense hero of our church. So my last one isn't actually a saint, but uh, I feel like only a matter of time. So his this is Blessed Carlo Acutis. Mm, I didn't look up the pronunciation. Acutis? Correct me. Okay, so he's <laughs> he is, God willing, a saint to be. He's one step away. He died at only 15 years old. This was the most recent one. You guys, if you're on social media, you've seen. He just got beatified on October 10th. So that was only a couple weeks ago. So of this year? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, like literally two weeks ago, he was beatified. Amazing. Right? And this, this is awesome because this is, this is hope for all of us. This is a 15-year-old kid living, you know, and he died in 2006. So this is wow. like, you know, the, he was younger than, than both of us. Uh, yeah. Right? I think. Yeah. Well, um, he, when did he, he was 15 when he died? He was 15 when he died. And he died in 2006? Young, younger than me. Younger than you. He's, right. he's a, a, just a couple years shy. I'm a little You can older. guess on our age. He's a little older than I was. Yeah. I am. All right. So uh, he's not a saint yet. He's one step away. I'm going to go in after we're done with this. I'm going to tell you the process, how to be yeah, a let's, saint. I want to get into if that. You guys want to check off those boxes for yourself. Um, <laughs> okay. So he was noted for his cheerfulness, his computer skills, that's important, and his devotion to the Eucharist. And he kind of connected all three of those dots together to... Um, serve his in his ministry now he died from leukemia in 2006 but when he was seven years old he started cataloging uh not on the internet yet but uh the internet was still pretty new at that time but he started cataloging uh, a, a list of all the eucharistic miracles around the world uh, and and when they were and what happened and all that so once he once the internet you became a little bit more widespread he started he created a website and was cataloging everything on the website and he finally finished it just months before he died um but he was he was really like just he lived a saintly life even though he was only a kid you know he still liked stuff that kids like he he liked play, playing PlayStation comics and watching movies, just like kids do, which is awesome. And it's because we can relate to him. It's like, you think what he an amazing thing, a saint that liked to play PlayStation. I think that's awesome because we can so all, this is you, the saint of like the generations to come. Right. 
Um, but you know, it's it's not just they're not making him a saint just because he made a website and kept, like sure. they could all do that. Like we have a podcast, but we're not going to be saints, you know. Whoa, but, uh, <laughs> uh, with a capital S. I'm gonna I'm gonna pretty pretty definitively say that's probably not going to happen. But <laughs> he he really like offered his life to to the church, and he would he would go out help the homeless and destitute. He supported his friends at school with divorced parents and stood up to disabled kids at school who were bullied, even though he was bullied himself for being kind of a nerd. Um, he offered his suffering and his leukemia and his illness to Pope Benedict and the Universal Church and never once complained about his pain. And he would even tell people, there's people who suffer much more than me. Um, and those are obviously just a few things of, right. of what really made him made him a holy person and lived a holy life. But well, I'm uh, so rooting he, for him. Uh, right. And so I'll I'll unless you want to interject, I can tell you the steps, how to become a saint and why he's only one step away and how he can get no, to that final. Let's step. get into that. Let's get yeah. into that. OK, so the process to become a Catholic saint. Here we go. So number one is number one. Here we are straight away. Uh, you have to be requested for canonization at least five years after your death, unless you get a papal exception. So like the Pope goes, you know, this guy was too important. We got to make him a saint now. Otherwise somebody from your community or your, your entire community has to bring it up to your church to say, Hey, this guy died five years ago, but we really think he's, he's a candidate to be a saint. So they give it to your pastor who then passes it on to the Bishop. If they feel, if the pastor feels it has legs, the Bishop takes a look at it. If he thinks it has legs, he submits it to the Vatican who open a, social tribunal where uh, there's witnesses called it's like it's like they go to court or whatever and like they bring people from the community and tell them why they feel like that this person could be uh, a candidate for a saint so if after this whole court session they deem that this person is holy enough to move forward they are named a servant of god and they've passed step number one okay i wonder how like big that file cabinet is of like oh, all the people yeah. that have submitted right to like i wonder you know like you have to think about that like is it any church across the entire planet can I do believe. this yeah so like who knows that could right. be a very long list of names right and all the more reason why there's a due process so sure. hopefully the list isn't too long because you think that if you know if if aunt sally's like oh you know, my, my nephew was a real good person and she brings it to the pastor. He's like, he was, yes, Anselli, but like, I don't think he, he's going to, you know, be a candidate for a saint, unfortunately. So capitalist, capitalist. Right. And so that's, there's a distinction there because anyone in heaven is, is a saint, but we, we name them canonized saints here on earth again, just to uh, help us in our in our journeys to be able to emulate their lives. So, anyways, right. yeah. So at that point, the pastor can be like, no, 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 no. Maybe it's maybe it's not right. And then if he passes it on, then it's the bishop's job to say, is should this stop at my desk or should this be passed along? Right. So, you know, hopefully the file cabinet's not that big because I'm sure <laughs> the Vatican has a lot of important things they got to do as well. Okay. So step number two, once they are a servant of God, uh, this step is called determination. Determination. There's a formal report to Rome, and it's reviewed by nine theologians. Nine. nine. And that would not include the two Catholic dudes, because we're not theologians, uh, if you guys didn't know that. Okay? Shoot. I know. So, 
there's a there's a cool thing. Okay, they they literally study the entire person's life under a microscope to make sure that they are a worthy candidate. But in the in the tribunal of nine theologians, there's one that is named the devil's advocate. Uh, it's like when you're playing, um, what is it, Mafia or something like that? Or right. There's, <laughs> there's like the spy. They're the bad guy. They're the bad guy. And it's their job, though, to um, basically raise questions against everything and, and say, oh, yeah, you guys are like all about him, but here, what about this? What about this? What about this? So that there's, there's um, uh, you know, they have both sides to the coin there. So If I was up for this, uh, for sainthood, the devil's advocate would... Uh, have a lot of ammo in my yeah, life. Exactly. Anytime they said anything, the devil would be like, well, hold on, here's a list of all the reasons why not. Exactly. Okay, if they pass this step, they're determined virtuous and heroic, and they're declared venerable, uh, much like venerable Fulton Sheen right now is. He's he's in a holding pattern waiting for beatification, which is step number three. So let's move on to step number three. So to be beatified, if you're martyred and you've passed those first two steps, you're named blessed right away. You kind of, okay. you, you, it's like in Monopoly. You just like, you swing around the board. You, yeah, you got go that pa- one card. Yeah. Pass, Pass go. go. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, if you're not martyred, y- there needs to be a miracle that is performed here on earth uh, by an intercessionary prayer. So somebody prays to you and then there's a miracle that happens in, in that person's stead. It has to be verified by the Vatican slash Pope. Once it's verified, they're named Blessed. Only one miracle. Just one. Only one. I thought it was more than one for some reason. Well, there's just wait. But to be blessed, just all you need is the one. You can have as many as you want, but just, just the one, right? Um, okay, so they're named Blessed at that point. There's a miracle. And for instance, for, for I guess, Fulton Sheen, there hasn't been a miracle verified. Apparently, there's like tons and tons of miracles, but none have been verified yet. But for... Uh, blessed Carlo Acutis there's there was a miracle I think South America there was somebody with like a a severe uh, GI disease or something and the mom prayed uh, to Carlo for intercession and he was miraculously healed and it was verified so boom he is blessed okay so once they're blessed we move on to the final step to be a canonized saint to get your own saint day to do the whole to probably get statues and the whole nine yards right you um, name a church after you name a church after you everything right and then uh so after you're beatified there has to be one more miracle that's really it so after the process though there has to be in that time frame you have to have another miracle and it has to be verified again by the pope and once that they're like boom bada bing you're a saint and uh, that's it. You are canonized. You're canonized, right? We can we can sing about you in the. Oh my gosh, I got to do that in like three hours. We're gonna sing the uh, the litany, uh, the litany of saints. I got to figure out which saints I'm gonna sing. Tonight. I know we're probably doing that tonight too. Right. Oof. So I cannot sing, Blessed Carlo. No, you cannot. No, wait, wait, wait. I do. There are no. Yeah, you can in the in the litany of saints. Wait, yeah. Can. I was gonna say, isn't there a section where you say and blessed? Yeah, 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 yeah. See, look, we don't know everything, but so we I, can. You know, I, I think that we're also called to pray for that that these people become canonized too. We we should pray to the like, God and say, God, these people, like you know, if they've been recognized this far, like we should we should offer our prayer that they that they make it the rest of the way. Right, exactly, and and so when when they're a canonized saint, we know that they're in heaven with God. That's the difference of praying for somebody who has died. That we're praying for them in purgatory to make it to heaven. But 
the now the prayer like when you're praying for a a prayer of uh, intercessionary prayer on our behalf we're praying hoping that they're in in heaven with god and that's when those miracles can happen so when we know that they've happened we know for a fact that they're in heaven with god and that they can uh, pray on pray on our behalf but otherwise we're going to be praying for them to get into heaven so when we're praying for the blessed i guess we we um are assuming at this point that there's going to be that they're in heaven and that they're just going to make it to that next step uh god willing god willing tell tell us if we're wrong okay (laughs) moving on uh I wanted to do a cool section. This was uh, alluding to your last saint on the list, St. Uh, Paul, because he had a conversion and he did some bad stuff, as we know, right? So, yeah. because a lot of people think that these saints live these unattainable light, lives. They live so such a holy life that we could never become saints on our own. Now, quite the opposite. It's quite the opposite, right? So for one, Blessed Carlo is a dude playing the PlayStation, right? <laughs> so that's that should be attainable for most of us uh, in in our age group, you know? Like this is yeah, happening this is happening today in our lives. So but a, a lot of these saints, they didn't become saints. They or they didn't live these saintly lives for most of their lives and they they had a conversion later in life and so I think it's it's a good reminder that no matter where we are today, that we can still get on the path towards sainthood with a capital right. S. Right. right. So just real, real quick, rapid fire. St. Augustine is probably the number one that people know about. Yeah. Uh, and so he was basically a crazy partier, lived a hedonistic lifestyle. And he was famous for saying a prayer for chastity, but just not yet. He said, God, give me, please grant me chastity. But I'm, I'm at just some not, point, at some point, just not right now. Um, and then he finally became, he converted, became a priest, and the rest is history. But, uh, yeah, I mean, lived a crazy, lavish party-style party, party style lifestyle. So, all right, next one, St. Mary of Egypt. She was a prostitute for 17 years until she converted. Uh, once she converted, though, she literally became a desert hermit, lived by herself, fasting and praying, and lived in isolation for 47 years until she died. Holy mackerel. Yeah, 47 years. So... You know, it's it's not like it's going to be all easy when you make that conversion. Okay, so St. Angela of Foligno, uh, he was all about wealth, power, and pleasure. Or she was, uh, Angela, yeah. She, wealth, power, and pleasure all her life, and she converted at the age of 40. And she sold everything she had, became a nun, and founded a religious group. So, you know. She oh, that's of, late in the game. Yeah, it's super late in the game, especially for whenever she lived, you know, like – that's probably very late in her life at that point or in the later stages. All right, two more of our late stage saints here. Blessed Bartolo Longo, and that's a blessed means he still has one more step to go. Uh, he was raised Catholic, straight in college, and literally, literally, literally became a satanic priest. I don't know if you heard what? me. He became a satanic priest, right? I just want that to sit in. He 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 was raised Catholic, straight in college, as a lot of people do. So far, so that's he, that's not straying in college. That straying <laughs> in college is you you drink too much, or you you uh, you're not being moral. That's straying in college. Yeah, becoming a satanic priest is falling off the wagon. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so he he definitely lost it there. He became a satanic priest. It's the last time I want to say that. But he finally converted back, became a Dominican, and did all kinds of good stuff. 
as the legend has it. <laughs> uh, and the last one uh, is St. Dismas, but we know him as a better name as the Good Thief. And yes. so we don't know much about him. We just know that he was a criminal accused of whatever he did, thievery, uh, lived, you know, at least a bad life for that moment. And But, but he made that, that all-important uh, conversion of heart and gave and gave himself to uh, to Christ our King, uh, being crucified next to him on the cross. So, right. you know, there's there's no there's no limits to God's grace and God's mercy in our lives well, uh, as long as we give ourselves fully to Him. On that same note, I was just I just looked it up. Like it says here that that Saint Paul they think was between thirty three and thirty six years old when he converted. When he had that moment with the God in the desert on the road to Damascus, and then he died in his 60s. So, you know, there was just as much of his life persecuting the Christians as there was of him being a servant of the Lord. Yeah. I mean, so, I guess you don't count it as childhood, but uh, who knows? Maybe he was just a nasty little, little, uh, he, maybe he strayed <laughs> maybe in college. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh my yeah. Gosh. Like, so yeah, to that, exactly to your point is, you are not condemned and and any moment that that you that you struggle or that you that you fall or that you fall away that doesn't define who you are that doesn't label you sinner always you know like all of us are sinners but all of us are called to be saints and all of us have that potential to be saints but we have to make the conscious decision to live that life and give our life to god and uh you know i i think that that's the beauty of today is uh, or of what yesterday excuse me uh, is all saints day is that yeah we celebrate all the saints and on top of that we are all called to be saints yeah again we might not make it with a capital s because those are just examples for us here on on earth we can strive for that and we can emulate the people that do have that capital s in front of them but we want to get to heaven and become saints and just be with god that's our goal here and so that's the power that's just all the more exemplifies the power of reconciliation because no matter how far we've strayed even to the point of becoming a satanic priest guys (laughs) we can we can go and we can uh, give our heart back to god we can be uh, reconciled through the sacraments and we can give ourselves back to god and we can be back we can get ourselves back on that path to sainthood yeah yep. all right yep. i have one last little section i think we're going to wrap it up because we're uh, we're close to an hour here so um you know as we said our, our saints they have patron saints uh of of things we talked about a few of the ones here on the episode but uh, there's a lot of weird ones danny there's, there's a, a lot of weird ones there's a lot of weird ones i i'm just going to kind of rapid fire here i just i just wrote down a few uh, I'm sure there's all kinds of. Why don't you in the in the comments, what, whichever weird one that I missed, or your favorite weird one, throw it in the comments and tell us about it. Uh, I didn't even do any research on most of these. Uh, I did a couple of them. So anyway, Saint Barbara is the patron saint of fireworks, and the reason why this is only a few that I researched. She was beheaded by her father for converting to Christianity. So. He beheads her, but he's like strolling back home, like proud of his beheading, and he gets struck by lightning and dies. And so as the years go on, as gunpowders invented everything, she just kind of took on the patron saint of anything that goes boom. Cool, right? Okay, Saint Drogo. I think a lot of people know about Saint Drogo. I, I know this one. <laughs> Why don't you tell us? This is the uh he's the patron saint of unattractive people. Ugly folk. 
So, um, you know, he had a Ryan disease. can have a patron saint. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he had a disease that caused deformities. Uh, and they literally like had him live in like this little cell off the side of the church, so people didn't have to look at him. Oh and he he survived. Like, this is like the hunchback in Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. He survived on water and the Eucharist when he lived in there. I know, but uh, that's that is crazy, right? You're uh, you're literally just you're the saint of people that are unattractive. <laughs> they're like at the at the church. They're like. Draw, uh, they're like, Drago, we're out of Eucharist. Should we order the small ones or the big ones? He's like, please order the extra large host. <laughs> yeah, please, the biggest one you can find. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, St. Genesius of Rome was the patron saint of comedians because uh, he were, you know That's my too? brother's patron saint. Oh, really? Because it's also he's also the patron saint of Actors theater. and theater. And music. Yeah, because yeah, he yeah, had yeah. a conversion. He was in a play making fun of Christians and had a conversion during the play. And then they like killed him. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually how it ends for them. That's usually, <laughs> that's the story of sainthood. It ends with, and then they killed him. <laughs> so, uh, all right. No, okay. Those are the only three that I researched. The rest, I just wrote them down. Oh, Here, I, okay. Yeah. Okay, you I, was say, cause I have a couple other ones too. Go, go. And I'll skip any ones that you know. Uh, I have one that is um, uh, St. Firiac. Sure. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's fine. But patron saint of people with STDs. Oh, man. I think I read that. Uh, oh. I don't know if I wrote it down. Yeah, nice. Okay. Uh, go ahead. And then I have the last. Uh, the other one I have, my mom always would uh, say this one because we have a confirmation, obviously, with saints. So we had nights like this where we talk about crazy saints. A saint, Polycarp, uh, patron saint of earaches. Oh, I, I have seen that's so a lot of them have their patrons of multiple things of earaches. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, she oh, and oh, dysentery. He, dysentery. That's what I have. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I had to scroll. Whereas all my Oregon Trail players at anyone, <laughs> anyone my age, you played Oregon Trail in, in uh, grade school on the little computer lab. You played Oregon Trail. You always died of dysentery. You should have prayed to St. Polycarp of Smyrna. All right, <laughs> you would have passed the game. Okay, all right, r really quick, we got St. Cornelius, the patron saint of twitching. St. Adrian of Nicodemia, Nicodemia, this patron saint of arms dealers. St. Eligius, the patron saint of gas station workers. St. Hubert of Liege, the patron saint of the fight against rabies. <laughs> he doesn't have much of a job anymore. Um, go ahead. <laughs> I have St. Jesus Malverde. Patron saint of drug dealers. <laughs> okay, we got Saint Friar, the patron saint of the fear uh, uh, against the fear of wasps, and then and then going along oh, with him. Okay, that's good. Saint Magnus against the fear of caterpillars. So if y'all afraid of caterpillars, that's Saint, Mag saint. saint Magnus is your boy. Uh, you got another one. That was it. I read okay. my whole list. We got St. Malo is the patron saint of pig keepers. St. Bibiana is the patron saint of hangovers. Not to be confused with St. Arnold, who's the patron saint of beer. And then when you Just get beer? when you combine both those things, you pray to St. Vi uh, Vitus or Vitus, who is the patron saint of oversleeping. All right. <laughs> That's a triple so, threat. That's so the triple, a triple threat, threat combo of sainthood. Viviana Arnold Vitus. Write those down, y'all. Those are your three that, when you have that a is night your, out. That is the New Year's Eve dream team of saints. That is the dream right team right there. there. That's, if you are going out somewhere and you need a team of saints to pray for you, 
Ryan just gave you the list. That's the team. I'm going to say it once more. Bibiana Hangovers, Vitas Oversleeping, St. Arnold Beer. Paid all three. They got you covered. So if you have too, too crazy of a night on, on your All Saints Day party, uh, those three got you. This, this is why Saints are so cool because it's just like building a prayer team of people of like the weirdest thing, like, like of all the, anything you could think of. You yeah. build a prayer team of the Saints that you need their intercession. You got Jesus is your is your captain. He's your coach. And then he puts in the players of the Saints to to help you with your prayer life. Pretty cool I'm glad you mentioned that. That's the last thing we'll talk about because Jesus essentially is because he is fully human and fully God. So he essentially has takes on the same role of the Saints from his human uh, manifestation. Yes, but he's also God. Well, so okay, it, so here's here's why I bring that up because when I was joining my peer leadership team back when I was in high school, the question was asked to me if uh, Jesus was on your football team, what position would he be? And pretty much universally, everybody said the quarterback. Right? Okay. Makes the most sense. The quarterback leads the team. But I said that Jesus was the coach because if it was my football team, I'm the quarterback. I'm making the decisions and choosing where to throw the ball in my life. The Saints are my support players. They're the players that are blocking for me. They're the players that are going to catch my prayers when I throw them. They're the, they're the Saints that are going to rush the ball when I'm in big trouble. And Jesus is my playbook. Jesus is my coach that's telling me what to do and how to live. And he gave me these support players. But at the end of the day, I'm the quarterback. It's my decision what play we go. It's my decision where to throw the ball. I have to make that choice. I can be guided and I can be pushed, but that's that's always how I looked at it. Is that it's I'm the quarterback of the team, and the Saints, and my friends are my players. And Jesus if you're lucky, every now and then you get the little you know they have the the, the radio signal in their helmet. You'll get a little yeah. like a calling from from your coach to be like, hey, run this play. Every once in a while, you're mic'd up. <laughs> you're mic'd up, and he's like, you should and, run and this play. And Jesus is on the sidelines with his paper in front of his face. So Jesus, obviously, we, we want to pray to him. I mean, we can pray to him for intercede, intercession prayers, but we pray to him because he is also God. So, He's God. But He's God. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a both and situation. So anyways, um, as we wrap, if I could do one last little, little thing real quick. Yep. Uh, I know we did the political episode last week, but I know that tomorrow is election day if you're listening to this now you're watching this now tomorrow's election day and many of you maybe already voted some of you may be going to the polls but i i feel like our country is going to be very very divided between two two polarizing figures in the political world who do you choose this person or this person i just call to remind you i'm going to do this in my tuesday thoughts too but it's remember that above any political figure anybody any candidate candidate for president Jesus is who we need to put our trust in. Jesus is, is our God. Neither of these, no one in political stature, nobody in, the, in politics is your God. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the end. So you know, he's the Alpha, the Omega, the end of the, of the conversation. Remember that our faith always must be primarily priority in Jesus. Um, so please remember that when, as we vote, as we go into the election day, please, you know, obviously we encourage you to vote and do that, but remember that it's, it's Jesus. That is, that is the beginning and the end. Jesus is, is our hope, our truth, our light. Um, that's all I had to say. I just had to feel like I had to add that with uh, the election day coming up. Sure. Awesome. 
So thanks for listening, guys. I think we're going to wrap it. But uh, That was fun. It was really fun. Hope you had a good All Saints Day and enjoyed this episode, whether you listen to now or who knows when in the future. But feel free to continue to share our our podcast with all of your friends, family, neighbors, your supermarket clerk, whoever. Let them know about Two Catholic Dudes. We're on YouTube. If you're not watching it on YouTube, we're on all of the podcasting apps, whatever you like to listen to, Spotify, iTunes, you name it, we're there. Share it with a friend. Comment on there. Like it. Give it the, give it the old thumbs up. Give it the, uh, the little ring that bell. Whatever you got to do. Help support us because that's going to help our channel continue to grow. We're not too much on Instagram lately. We're taking a little bit of a break, but we still see your messages, see your comments, see everything. So we uh, love to engage with you when we can. And uh, if you feel so inclined, find us on Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash two Catholic dudes. If you feel like supporting us financially, we appreciate it. And thank you to all our continued patron supporters on that website. Uh, you got anything else? I do not just thank you guys so much for continuing to follow along, praying with us and, uh, we'll see you on the next one. Yeah, guys. Thanks very much. Peace.